How's it going, everybody? I am Irish Benjamin 57. I am Indy Sean 45. And together we are the two Irish brothers. And joining us today is a very, very special guest. Um, and you might know him. He works and writes for his own blog, uh, Shake Down the Thunder. And uh, George, introduce yourself. My name is George Brashura. I'm uh, forever Irish, no matter what happens. Um, uh, I've been covering Notre Dame sports since the fall of 2017. And um, currently, I've been credentialed for um, football, women's basketball, men's basketball, hockey, um, and the Olympic sports, which, which would fall under the men's and women's lacrosse, baseball, and softball, and um, swimming and fencing if I wanted to attend those other events. Very nice. It's basically like the all-pass. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. So, but, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I greatly appreciate it. Well, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. I mean, just... Uh, just chatting with you the other day was absolutely fantastic and, uh, you know, like talking to an old friend and all that fun stuff. So absolutely fantastic. So um, tell us a little bit about about your blog and, and how that's going and all that. The blog is, is kind of crazy. Um, we were actually about to start our additional coverage this year. Um from covering the other sports, we were actually jumping into uh, men's and women's lacrosse, and we're we were going to actually be covering men's and women's uh, or men's baseball and the women's softball team. Um, but um, the pandemic had other plans. <laughs> yeah. um, it's been kind of slow since my last day there around the uh, middle of March, and uh, if someone had told me that. I was only going to get through three or four women's uh, lacrosse games, and the season would be over. I would have been, I would have said, "No, you're lying." But uh, the blog's been kind of slow. Um, there's been, to me, there's been more important things to worry about: family and health, and and other things. But um, it's been resurrected. It's it's been the energy's been breathed, been put back into it. Let's say because of uh, recent events. Yeah. <laughs> That makes that makes a lot yeah. of sense for sure. Uh, now, George, this is something that wh whenever uh, we've talked to someone like yourself who uh, covers sports, I always like to get an idea of how they got started with uh, with their ju their journalistic abilities. Like my, now, myself, I've been doing YouTube on my own for eleven years before Ben and I started doing our own show here. And Ben, I think you've been on what for like six or seven on your own channel. Yes. Something like that. It was. It's about seven, I would say, because yeah, it was about 2010 when I started. So yeah, okay. seven years now. Okay. Yeah. So, so everybody has a story with how they. What's that, Ben? Ten years. If I started in 2010, it'd be ten years. Done. Yeah, because I started in 09. So, <laughs> but anyway, 20, 20 minus ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but anyway, George. Today for me, okay? Like it was a bad kind of a day. Right? Stop! Quit picking on me. <laughs> but anyway, George. So I like to get everybody's thought process on on that topic. Um, sure. What got what got you into wanting to do more of like a, a journalistic type type kind of thing? Well, look, I'll be honest with you. Um, I didn't I didn't jump into it thinking that I was a very good writer. 
Um, it all started with a post that I was actually going to be putting on Facebook um, about when the folks put together the page with the four horsemen. And it was about, you know, beating on the program and beating on Kelly that I, I put a fairly lengthy Facebook, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Expo expose together and was ready to post it. And um, I had a friend of mine, Lisa Kelly, read it. And after I posted it, she actually sent that information to uh, a blog that she was with at the time. And I was asked to join the blog and to start covering the Irish um, as a credentialed, uh, a credentialed uh, writer. Now, I'm guessing that you, you probably grew up a big-time Notre Dame fan, right? Would that be safe to assume? Yeah. Um, yes, and, and, there's a, and there's a great story behind that, too. Um, unknowns to me when I was a growing when I was growing up, um, I never knew that my great grandfather had gone to Notre Dame. Um, my great grandfather graduated in the class of uh, 1912 um, and was wow. best friends with Newt Rockney. Oh, no kidding! That is awesome. Yep. And so, as, as I was telling uh, as I was telling Ben the other day, I had no choice but to be Irish. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so Newt and my great-grandfather were best friends. That's unbelievable. Any any uh, crazy drinking stories or anything like that? Oh, I wish – oh, only thing I get close to a crazy drinking story <laughs> um, was that Newt introduced my great-grandfather to my great-grandmother. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, uh, and they say the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, when it comes to Notre Dame stories, I kind of I, I get kind of skittish about trying to say that because I don't want to think people that I'm over trying to override what their with how their connection to the university is. I just tell the story the way that it is, mm -hmm. and um, it's it, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a oh, it's a very good story. Uh, one of the best coaches of all time, and your your great grandparents hanging out with him. What could be better than that? No, that's well, amazing. No. Uh, the folks at the archives were actually kind of impressed when I brought them the uh, paraphernalia that I had from my great grandfather. So uh, they were they were actually quite impressed with my collection of stuff that I have. Man, that's that's incredible! Absolutely, absolutely incredible. So so let's let's stay with like more of like a fan point of view. Sure. Uh, who is, and I'm very curious, because I, I ask everybody that's a Notre Dame fan this question, uh, who is your most hated rival of Notre Dame? Oh, it has to be, if I look at what the true definition of rival is, um, I can't say Michigan, um, I'd have to say USC. That's fair, I like that. Yeah, it's a it's unfortunately was one of the longest standing uh, rivalries that Notre Dame had. Unfortunately, it's not going to be continued. So yeah. this year it's going to break. Navy's still in question, but you know the USC one is going to end. Unfortunately, for a year at least. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I uh, for me, <clears throat> it's uh, it's University of Michigan. Um, I think that's partly because I spent the first. Uh, 16 years of my life outside of Columbus. So mm. there was a lot of hatred towards the, uh, towards the Wolverines. 
So that kind of influenced the hate a little more for Notre Dame. Uh, sure. Tough crowd to hang around. Yeah. See, my, myself and Ben, you already know the answer to this one. This is going to probably come off as weird, but I'd say my most hated rival would have to be uh, over over from Michigan, over in East Lansing, Michigan State. And it's a long yeah. it's a long story, but my early days of YouTube, uh, I pissed off um, this Michigan State message board, and uh, yeah, they they got found my real name, uh, everything short of my address. Oh, gee. Yeah, <laughs> so I will always have a hate, uh, a strong hate in my heart for that school. Yeah, see, but though me coming from New England, so. I, I can liken that to the um, Yankees and Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, so, those people took it way too damn far. Way yeah. too far. Oh. Wow. Wow. But, but anyway, George, uh, talking about, you know, losing USC for this year, I wanted to get uh, your take on this. Um well, it's a two-part question. One, do you think there will be a season in general? And two, how do you think it's going to work for Notre Dame? Because we've been hearing all sorts of reports of different directions they could go with the schedule. This is a, this is a mess. Um, in one in one perspective, if you want to call it football, it's you know it's just not playing within your conference. It's playing that half you know half in conference, half out of conference schedule. Um, and, and then, you know, having go at it, but I think that there'll be some form of season. I'm not sure if they'll even get through the whole thing. If you want to call that, you know, the season, I think the season may start, but I'm not sure if it'll finish or, you know, what, where, where that is. I, I, I personally would just think that they would just cancel the season, make it easier on everybody. And, you know, Make make things right. Make sure at least the players are staying healthy. That's really that's really the biggest concern out of all of this is if if this is truly a thing, right? Then why why put why put more people at risk? That makes sense. But if the season does happen, though, how how could you see it playing out? Could you see like for example, the Irish joining the uh, the ACC for years as a mem- as a conference member? Well, I don't. I think per se, I don't, I don't see them joining the ACC. I see them participating in the ACC for one year. Um, but th- I think that's about as far as it would go. I don't think they would sign an actual contract because I think part of that, part of that whole signing a contract is the revenue sharing that they probably have with NBC. Right. So, right. Um, I think if they're going to let them in to play the games, that's one thing. Um, to help them fill their schedule as well, right? As as a, hey, I'll wash your back if you wash mine. But I don't see them inking a contract to be an official part of, you know, the ACC. Okay. Ben, it's your turn now. Well, um, I don't know if you guys heard that or not. We just had a tornado sirens go off here. <laughs> I didn't hear uh, Anyway, um, I think the best course of action for Notre Dame is to to do the in-conference play with the ACC. Um, I think they will make an attempt at the season. Um, and unfortunately, I think that there will probably be a spike 
at some point um, towards the middle of the season, and then things will get shut back down. Um, I don't think everybody will play a full season, and I think there will have to be reevaluation into, like, you know, this team only played nine games or this team only played eight games or whatever, so what are we going to do about ranking? What are we going to do about the whole college playoff situation? You know, are we even going to have one? If we do have one, you know, what's the precedent? All that kind of stuff. So if we have a playoff, and this is kind of giving you a little bit of insight into the article that I'm currently writing, I think if they have a playoff, it'll be a situation where once the teams are selected, it's you have a hub city, you have one place that everybody's playing. There is no, like, one team's playing in Florida, one team's playing in California, and then they meet in Texas for the national championship or something like that. It's it's all played one place. Yeah. Uh, because there's no way, we chatted about this, Sean and I did, that they would have, like, an AP vote. I mean, people would freaking lose their mind um, if if they did. So, I don't know. I really don't know. So, the, the part to think about this is this, and I'll, and I'll give you guys a two-part answer. One thing to think about is, is that with the NFL, right, they're giving them a protective mouth covering, right? The question would be is, would they offer that protective mouth covering for the helmet to the college level. Yeah. Because I can't see, I haven't heard, I've heard all about the pro level, but I've heard discussion about that piece for the, the, for the, for the mask being down, offered down to the college level. Now, yeah. if you're going to go to that level of protecting pro players, why wouldn't they give the same level of protection to college players? Yeah. That's a good point. I, yeah. um, I, I wonder like cost wise, um, I work in a custodian job, um, and we are talking about like cost effectiveness for all these things that are going on, you know, that we'd have to do and, and buy and all that. And the prices are pretty high. Like it's, it's pretty, in- it's pretty insane. Like for the area of the building that I do, it would be, if we go the route we're going, it would be about $4,000 a day for just the area that I do. And there's nine other custodians in the building that I work in. So, I mean, you do four times 10, you know, and add a couple zeros and that's one day. I mean, so would Notre Dame be able to afford face masks for their players? Sure. Would Southern Cal be able to? Sure. Alabama, sure. But what about a team like Bowling Green? What about a school like, you know, I don't know their their funds. So, if they can't, and then the NCAA goes to a decision where it's like, you have to wear this if you want to participate, then what do they do? Well, then they probably don't play. I mean, so, I don't know. There's a lot there. There's a lot to there, you know, with that one particular part of it. The other side of all this, talking about the in-conference play, right? Think about this. Alabama has to play a 12-season SEC schedule. Their competition, when they've played SEC teams, is where they've picked up their one or two losses in a season. Yep. Now, imagine imagine having that schedule where you're playing 12 SEC teams. Right. And That's a game changer for them. I, I think that's a game changer for them. Oh, yeah. And the other flip side 
for me, you know, looking at like the SEC, for example, I mean, we know how dominant they've been, you know, last decade and a half, you know, if it's a situation where it's like you're basing the whole ranking system off of who'd you play, then is it going to be, if you do playoffs, three SEC teams? Because, I mean, Alabama runs, I mean, say that Alabama loses one game, you know, say Alabama loses one game, LSU loses two games, and Georgia loses like a game. Okay. Yep. Well, if they all played, you know, all these other SEC teams, well, that's a way higher caliber of team you're playing than some of these other other conferences. So I'm gonna have to go to this is where a, a year round uh, college football playoff committee needs to go and play. I I'm not I'm I struggle with the fact that they come in after October. And they start, you know, voting on who the top 25 are. Right. I think the CFP, if they're going to be coming in, if they're if they're doing these rankings two thirds of the way through the season, they should be influencing the polls from week one. Right. Yeah, that makes I, perfect I sense. <laughs> right. So yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, and I get that. You know, we have like a, a preseason poll. You know. And there's the top 25 and all that. But it's like, you know, like you said, if Alabama plays 12 SEC opponents and five of them throughout the season are ranked in the top 10, I mean, that's a leg up on 90% of the competition in the rest of the college football world. In a situation like that, that's where you're going to have to have some deciding factors, like where's the breaking point at? Because we can't, you can't just base it just on schedule. You got to look at other things too. Yeah. But the question is, what is what is that? It would have to go back to the old computer rankings, and people would people would lose their gosh darn minds, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is where this is where this the CFP would take that purity out. You have this committee meeting for the whole season, right? And you're taking all that balance out. They treat every week. Like they're in the CFP starting in late starting in late October. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, <laughs> if it, people are calling this unprecedented times and it takes unprecedented actions. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and it's another situation where it's like <clears throat> if Notre Dame goes to a in conference only play with the ACC and you play a bunch of ACC teams that all of a sudden become good you know i mean because we you don't know in the beginning you know people say like oh you know george is expected to win this amount or whatever but i mean people get pot and uh i mean if if we play miami for example you know say that we actually schedule a game with them and they're undefeated when we play them at 10 and 0 you know and then we play clemson and we beat clemson and then we play you know whoever else then that yep. gives us a leg up so it's like, like you said, where's that, where's that breaking point? Where is the deciding factor? Because that's unfair, you know, to other places. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's it's a weird situation. But to me, if we're thinking at it at this level, right? Where's where's the other discussion trying to put all this together? I've heard nobody talking about how they're going to handle these situations. Right. There's not been any discussion 
about this. Yeah. And the yeah. hard part comes is that they make it up as they go, and then you talk about, well, let's put an asterisk next to the season because we didn't follow normal procedure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and and if you have if you have an outbreak, <clears throat> and I call them mini outbreaks, if you have a mini outbreak on a team, do you miss a couple weeks as the team? And then if you do, do you make those games up or do you not? And then if you were hot going in, say like Alabama's number one at the time and they have a miniature outbreak, then they miss two weeks of football. Do you let them into the playoffs if there is playoffs or do you count them out? I mean, so. Is it a forfeited forfeited game? Right. I mean, so I don't know. You know, which, which in that case, in the in that case, you would have to count it against them. It's not doesn't Think seem right, the, but you know, it's not one week; it's two weeks because right. if something comes down with that, if it's if it's supposed to be quarantine in place for fourteen days, that's two that's two weeks. That's I mean, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, it, this is unprecedented stuff all around. We're talking here; it's crazy. Kind of going back to what to what George was saying with the whole face mask situation. I mean. Okay, is that face mask really going to do the job that you want it to do? I mean, you know, it's, I mean, you see pictures, you know, if you look up pictures of virologists or however you pronounce that, I mean, they're in like full hazmat suits dealing with these viruses. So do you really think that like a thin extra piece of plastic on a helmet is going to do a bang up job? I mean, it's what happens if you have and you crack one. I mean, you crack yeah. halfway through the game. Then where you at? I mean, because I remember, I remember playing high school ball, and I mean, you know, that was a time when the visors started becoming a bigger thing. You know, the clear visors, and I mean, we cracked them. You know, somebody gets hit hard enough and it cracks it, and then what? You take it off. So I mean, you crack the the face shield or whatever, and does that guy not play, or do you have extra ones on hand, or or how? I mean. So, I don't know. You know, it's like you said, it's all unprecedented. So, the other thing that I saw the other day reading some stuff online is that Division Two is going to play all their games in the spring. Hmm. I had not seen that, but that's I interesting. I had neither. I heard that thread. I, no, I thought I saw something that said all, Division Two football was going to play in the spring. Mm-hmm. So, the question becomes, why doesn't the CFP the, the CFP, Division One teams, why don't they just play in the spring? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I personally, I think it's all a money thing. I think that that I mean, they have all the figures, they know all that and stuff. And do they want to compete with? You know, if you're playing in the spring, is college basketball going on at that point? Do you want to compete with college basketball? Oh, agreed. The NHL. I, um, I mean, it's like, you know, the NCAA tournament happens. I mean, this year we didn't have one, but, I mean, the NCAA tournament happens, and it's a huge thing. I mean, it's ginormous, you know. Imagine two years of no NCAA basketball. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, 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 I mean. That would suck. If, and then if you bring it back, like, say that we do have NCAA basketball. Everybody that wanted it this past year that didn't get it now has it. So do you really want to compete with that? Because you're going to have football competing with basketball. 
I mean, so I'm glad I'm not an athletic director. <laughs> no, God, yes. You, you I second me, that. You could not pay me to have that job right now. I would not want to be any athletic director in Division One sports. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. No, I'd be that. I'd I'd have too many. I'd I'd have too many more gray hairs than what I do now. I, you can uh, no. <laughs> the decision that you make is automatically going to piss off half of your fan base. I mean, whether you do the right thing or not, um, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's yeah, it's a lose lose. It's a catch twenty two. I mean, it really is. So yeah, I I, I don't know. And like I said, like you said, I don't wish upon anybody. Uh, well i'll I'll tell you guys one thing it'll just be nice the time we get that normalcy back in our lives whenever that does happen to come back yeah we got got to demand the normalcy because this to me is not the new normal no no No. absolutely not i mean we all should be we all should be coming home from work and grabbing something to drink and watching a baseball game yeah. It's not happening yet. Yep. Apparently soon, but, you know. I mean, I'll be honest with you, this is one of the first times that I've actually sat down and talked sports with folks. Um, other than just having some side conversations on social media. Yeah. To sit down, this, this is a good start, right? Is sitting down and having that, though we're not in the same room, which would be awesome. Yeah. Right, of course. But, but, doing, but doing this kind of conversation... It kind of gives you that energy. I mean, I feel the energy just talking to you guys yeah. about how it used to feel and giving me ideas about things that I can write about. And that yeah. and that's awesome if we can, if we can be that motivation for you. I mean, I, I love hearing that. That's awesome. But even even some episodes that Ben and I have done, we've just kind of we've kind of had to do them on the fly because one of the things that we used to talk about when we when we started in the spring was uh. You know the XFL when it was still going on. We were both, uh, we both claimed the St. Louis BattleHawks, but then, you know, COVID came. COVID came in, took care of that. So now here we are scrambling for other things to talk about, and we kind of have to pull stuff out of our behinds to make an episode. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, the as I as I told Ben the other day that article about the uh, about being upset that the, they're called the Fighting Irish was my was my rally call to step out of the woodwork and to, to get back behind the computer. So, you know. yeah. Uh, that, and that's, and that's another yeah. thing too, is, you know, with myself personally, I can't speak for Ben on this one, but yeah, when in a situation like this, when you, you don't really have much anything going on, you kind of have to go the route of stuff you may not necessarily want to talk about or want to do. Yeah. And that's why I haven't written. Yeah. I, I don't write junk. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It, it really is. I mean, it's, it, yeah. I mean, I, I've noticed, you know, other places that that that's their mo. You know, that they're like, what do we do? I mean, what you know, we don't have anything, and and we're not going to go the route that a lot of people are going right now, which is politics, because that's all you can talk about. You know, unfortunately. I mean, so yeah, it's. It'll be nice if we have something. Even if we only have it for a little bit, it'll be better than nothing because then we get something to talk about. I'm hoping that I at least get into July or August where there's been an application filed for credentials. Yeah. Um, 
I've attended some, I've attended a couple practices for, for fall ball. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, that's where, that, that's where all the energy starts. That's where the, yeah. that's where the rubber starts to meet the road. Yeah. Well, and, and teams are making interesting decisions when it comes to other people being in facilities and being in, you know, with the players and stuff. I mean, there was, pardon me, there was one that happened, I think it was the last couple of days in Major League Baseball where Major League Baseball said, we'll allow our mascots to be there, but we don't want pro scouts in the building. And it's like, okay, you don't want pro scouts in the building, but you want your mascot. I mean, what? I mean, the way it affected me, I'm a fan, and, you know, I, I don't give a shit as long as I have baseball. That's really what I care about. Well, but I just, I'm sorry. Look, I, I'm i a Cubs fan, not a Philly fan, but I love the Philly fanatic. But if I'm going to choose between a professional scout and the freaking Philly right. fanatic, I'm choosing the scouts. Right. So, I, yeah. like, with, with the credential thing, it's like, where's the line? You know, are they going to make it? Are they going to say, okay, coaches and players are allowed here, but you're not? Or are they going to say you're allowed here, but fans are not? You know, are so. I, it's difficult. It, it, it's a difficult decision. This this may be a tough year for the smaller blogs and, and, and you know, not to be able to get into games. Yeah. Because, of, I mean, I've been inside the press conference room at Notre Dame for football. I mean, you're elbow to elbow with with the guy next to you, and it goes, it goes five cheers in one section across five deep. So you're talking about fifty people in the room. That's just media, right? Wow. Not yeah. So I, I I see wholesale change coming in that, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I. I... I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, like you said, if you have that many people, and then directives, you know, from these these governors and and mayors and all that, like, what are they going to make exceptions for media, or are they going to say, no, 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 you're part of everybody else, so you know, we're saying you got to social distance and you can only have ten people in the room, and I mean, if you're counting players, you know, say that you got two players, well, then that's automatically two media personalities that don't get to come in. I mean, the players so, wouldn't be, if the players, are, if that's the case, at the end of all the Notre Dame games at home, win or lose, all those players line up four rows deep and they, they sway to the alma mater. Right. You know, so yeah. you, you may not be able to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I it's like you said, it, it's all unprecedented and it's a situation where, Everything's up in the air, and it would be awful to be an athletic director um, because, I mean, they're they're making that final decision, I would say, you know, saying, okay, you can come in, you can't, or, you know, today you can come in, but tomorrow you can't. I, yeah, I don't know. Well, and also, but, I, think, I think what's just as bad is, you know, in someone like Jack Swarbrick's situation, you know, can he really give a definitive answer right now? I think I think that'd be hard or not knowing what answer to give or, you know, what the right route is to take. And the best part for him to do is to play it close to the vest. Giving, you know, the answers that he's been giving is the best thing that he can do. 
because the one the one time he takes a misstep, you know, and and then it's it's going to be everyone up at arms against that. So yeah. you have to he has to he has to play it close to the vest. It's 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 got to be it's got to be a very close it's got to be a very close tight area of the locker room too because you don't want stuff like that slipping out from a I mean you always hear about these things right well an unnamed source you know that's the yeah, worst yes. thing that can get out there in a program is an unnamed yeah. source leak so everyone's got to play it close to the cuff yeah and it, it, it's it's hard when you have a staff a, a team of 80 plus players right and then you got a coaching staff uh-huh. I mean, you're trying to keep 120 people quiet about a situation yeah yeah it's not always easy and that's a hard that's a hard number to keep a secret from <laughs> oh, yeah well I mean like four or five is hard enough I mean so in my day job I have non-disclosure agreements. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't go talk about things. I put my name on that paper. I, right. I'm I'm sworn to secrecy. Yeah. You don't yeah. have that in the locker room. Yeah. So you need to keep those conversations at on the need to know basis, and hoping everyone that's in the need to know doesn't spill the beans. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. I know that very well. I mean, I've I've never had to sign a contract, but my line of work. I mean, obviously, we can't be bringing, you know, phone, you know, like video cameras or phones or whatever into the shop and filming stuff, taking pictures. So, same thing minus the contract. Yep. You just got to keep people there and the need to know and the need to know. Yeah. Exactly. Or whatever cliche you want to use for your eyes only. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> same same thing. I think I think we all get it. But uh, is this a sports show? Well, we we talk about a little bit of anything on here. It's unprecedented conversation. Yeah, it's the conversation they need to be had. That's it, it's healthy. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're a sports show, but. Really, there's not a whole lot that's off limits. I mean, yeah, we we try to avoid you know the political and the religious yeah. route, but you know, we're open to, to discussing most stuff. It doesn't it doesn't always have to be sports. This is this is where you this is this is the whole part of the whole collaborating, right? It's yeah. it's 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 talking with a group and getting what's on your mind off, off your chest, and you know, seeing what the reaction is, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, of course, having you on, George, I mean, that's something that Ben and I have always been wanting to do is have, you know, guests on. So it's not just everybody looking at, at us two schlubs all day long. <laughs> but but it's, it's been it's been definitely been a lot of fun having guests on and getting to hear from different people like yourself. And, you know, you mentioned Lisa Kelly earlier. You know, she was the first guest we ever had on. And then, you know, really awesome. After after her, Irv Smith followed and. So it's been, it's definitely been a lot of fun doing this and getting the chance to talk to different people. That's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. seeing different perspectives. But staying with the whole media situation, you know, you you've, you touched on like how you've covered you know this sport or that sport. Well, which is your favorite to cover them? I mean, like if you had to pick a favorite. Oh God, that's tough. And Ben, as I told you, I've had so much excitement in my couple of years. You know, I came in, the men went to the Frozen Four that season. 
2017 to 2018 season, the men go to the Frozen Four. Um, the women go to the, the women go to the NCAA championship and they win it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then football that following season they went they went and played Clemson in in, in Dallas. So yeah. it's hard. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. As 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 a as a reporter though, <clears throat> I have to say my, my my I have to give my first love to Notre Dame hockey. Okay, uh, I like Notre, that. Notre, Notre, Notre Dame hockey let me come in and cut my teeth, and 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 as a credentialed writer. Mm-hmm. So my allegiance will always be to Notre Dame hockey, because they let me build the relationships that led to me getting credential for football. Mm-hmm. So if, if it wasn't for hockey, and you have to run the gamut. They just don't let you in. Football, you don't get that first your first year in. I got declined my first year for yeah. football credential, but they said cover hockey, men's basketball, women's basketball, and we'll make a judgment call the next season. Yeah. Okay? So it's about building those relationships, and I have to say that with hockey giving me my first chance – um, I, I would say the Notre Dame hockey is, is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Well, they've had definitely a huge surge, you know, last, I'd say decade, you know, yeah. huh. you know, getting so, to the, getting to the frozen four and well, and both men and women's basketball programs. I mean, all these programs you've gotten to cover, you know, they're no, they're no slouch of programs. I mean, Muffet McGraw, she did a heck of a job with that women's program for years. I mean, Mike Bray brought really brought along that basket men's basketball program, you know, back to back elite eights and regular tournament appearances kind of on a, a little rough stretch right now, but I think he's in the, on the verge of bringing the talent back and. Well, it's a back. tough conference to be in. Well, yes. he's injured, though. So he's had, he's had injuries that have just devastated him the last yeah. two seasons. Oh, bon, yeah. Bonzi a few years ago. That really hurt. Oh, that was, that was my first season. Um, covering men's basketball, and it was just horrible to see Bonzi trying to do his thing and then get pulled off the court. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's incredible that we've had all of these surges in these these sports. You know, because I mean, you think of Notre Dame and you think football. I mean, you know, it, even people that don't really know enough and a lot about sports, yep. you say Notre Dame, their mind goes to football. You know, and to say that we have multiple teams going in a in big conferences, nonetheless. I mean, you know, Notre Dame is competing in the Big Ten, big whatever you want to call it, for hockey. I mean, you got to go up against Minnesota. You got to go up against Michigan. These are two powerhouses. I mean, these are not. I mean, yeah. I mean, and 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 then same with the basketball aspect. I mean, you're in the ACC, you play North Carolina, you play Duke, you play Louisville, you play, I mean, you're playing big name programs week in, week out. It's not like no offense to some other team, but it's not like you're Gonzaga running the show in the, in the conference that they're in, you know, you're in a conference where there are teams that are better than you week in and week out. It's a true dogfight in the ACC. But to tell you the truth, um, Ben, to your point, um, Notre and, and, and Sean, to, to your points, Notre Dame is more than just football. And I think that's kind of what I was trying to bring out in my coverage. Yeah, and, and that's true. No, yes. one else wanted, no one they were looking at me like, you want a press credential to cover lacrosse? I'm like, heck yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I'll, I'll go on record as saying Notre Dame women's lacrosse probably would have won the national championship this year. They were that good that they probably were going to win the national championship in women's lacrosse. Yeah, I'm I'm from originally an area that was very lacrosse dominated. Um, I knew I actually knew a guy that ended up playing his college lacrosse career at Syracuse, if it says anything. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's what you said. It's more than just football, and we've seen that. I mean, we've seen it in basketball, in men's and women's. We've seen it in hockey. You know, we've seen a surge in lacrosse and fencing. I mean, you know, nobody talks about fencing, but, I mean, we're sending three – I think it's three athletes to the freaking Olympics. I mean, how many other how many other schools can say that? You know? Back-to-back national championships, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, like you said, it is more than just football. And, and I get that it's it's a huge thing in our country, you know, football is, and especially college football. But like you said, it is more than just football. And each of those other teams that I've covered, their heart is just as much as into it as the football team. Oh, they, yeah. they, they give justice and they give just as much. Yeah. And, and, and to be very honest with you, somebody – I don't even know who it was at this point. Somebody said, you know, what was in your lifetime, what is your favorite Notre Dame moment memory-wise? And I had to go with basketball. I had to. When we beat Duke and North Carolina back-to-back in the ACC tournament in the state of North Carolina. Back a road. I (laughs) mean, that to me was incredible. And I will never, ever ever forget it i mean and if you would have told me you're going to be duke in north carolina in north carolina in hostile territory in the acc tournament i would have said you're nuts you're nuts and i think this past season you know with with the men's record and what they were doing through the tournament um i think they would have had a struggle winning the whole the whole tournament but i think that would have at least set them up for the nit bid yeah you know a low seed, a low seed in the tournament, but definitely a, a, a good seed in the NIT. Yeah. But, yeah, it would, have been, it would have been better than nothing. You know what? When you look at growth and perspective of where the men's basketball team was this past season to where they were the year before, mm-hmm. you can't complain. No. No. And, and it's it's beyond you know people we, people will, will slip behind the computer and they'll they'll fire off and stuff, but once again they're kids, folks they're, they're no older than twenty one years old sitting on there giving their yeah. giving their best every time they play, yeah and you know so I I think that they did a tremendous they they greatly improved from last year and that's all that you can ask for, yeah oh yeah and 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 like you said they are kids. And you don't, you don't see the blood, sweat, and tears that these kids, these kids do and put in. I mean, I had the privilege to witness one of the biggest name recruits in the last couple of years come through the high school that I work at, and he was a big namer. Um, I won't say names on show, um, but he had every single college you can imagine coming to him we had i can tell you for a fact we had bill self in our building 
we had Mike Krzyzewski in our building watching this kid play. And this kid busted his butt. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything from working out to eating right at a high school level, not even college yet, high school, to get himself in a position to play high school or college basketball. And now he does play for a big name program, you know, but they're all like that. It's not just the big name recruits that are like that. It's these other littler guys that go to other schools that are doing just as much. And they're the the nicest kids. They will sit there. These kids mean, and I've seen them. They will sign every single person that's standing there. They, They won't shun them away. Yes. And so, and that's awesome. Yeah, and it, 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 it really is, because like you said, they are so nice. I mean, this kid, he was seven, six, something like that. I mean, he's huge as a kid. I mean, this kid could freaking snap me in half if he wanted to. You know, stop smoking, <laughs> like, yes, sir, no, sir, you know, when you're talking to him, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, he doesn't have to be that way. But they are. Yep. So, yeah, it's incredible. It really is. And like you said, it is beyond football. It's everything. They are they're all they all work that hard. They all – and it's not even just sports. I mean, band, marching band, you name it. You know, they all do. Band, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There's nothing like sitting in – you know, everyone loves sitting in Notre Dame Stadium, hearing the band play. Sitting in Compton Family Ice Arena and hearing that band play once, you know, a little bit before the game starts, but come to come that third period, they got that place rocking to start the third period. It's yeah. it's definitely something that you're going to have to experience. It's it's just awesome. Oh well, yeah. you're going to have to share that with my dad then because they. Funny story. This is a this is a raw story I'm about to share on the show right now, and he probably wouldn't like it, but. Chances are he wouldn't care. Him, him, and my my two brothers. I wasn't I wasn't on this trip, but they went to a hockey game, and I don't know if it's my dad's age or just what. Maybe he had a little too much the night before. I don't know. But they go to a hockey game. It was a Saturday morning, you know, like 11, 11 o'clock noonish game. Third period, he falls asleep. He falls asleep during a hockey game. The band's playing. It's loud. And I was like, Dad, how are you falling asleep in in a freaking hockey game? He's like, I don't know. I just did it. And, but it was it was worth it, though, because he ended up on the Jumbotron sleeping. And all, yes. the, cro- all, the, cro- all the crowd loved it. So I just wish my brother had gotten a picture of it. But, yeah, my father fell asleep during a hockey game. And even at his age, I still couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so not, that I, not that I want to do a, a self-plug. Um, but on my Shakedown the Thumb Sports YouTube page, then. <laughs> yeah, we've had, we, um, I have the, um, prior to third period, um, eighteen twelve or overture video where it's all dark and they got the, everyone's lighting up their cell phones and, and doing, and doing the wave like with, with their, um, cell phones with the, with the flashlight on. It's just an awesome experience. It's one of those things to see it done in a stadium, but to do it in an enclosed arena like that, it's it's just amazing. Oh yeah, 
especially I mean, hockey, it's it's something special. It really is. It's it's incredible. It really. I I mean, yeah. Yep. So hoping for hockey, hoping for football, hoping hoping that all these seniors, right? It's really what it comes down to, right? It's about the seniors getting their turn. Yeah. You know, want to oh, yeah. you want them to have their chance. Yeah. And they, so for the seniors, it works out. Um, I, I, I just hope they get an opportunity. Yeah, and they deserve one. And uh, Ben, are you still there? Um, I think Ben um, froze up on us. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Talking about hockey and you froze up. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about hockey and he froze up. What are the odds? I'm sure I'll be back soon enough. He just has yep. to re- has to retinker the uh, the old system. But uh, George, one question I wanted to ask you. Speaking of uh, you getting your football credentials, now I've heard all sorts of different stories about about Brian Kelly. Um, what what is it like uh, getting being able to ask him a question in that press room? I mean, is it nerve wracking at all? Does it just depend what the result of the game was? What kind of mood he's in? You know. Well, what's your um, experience on that? I I was I was always I was very scared to ask my first question to coach um, in my first press conference, um, but I just went for it. Um, it's intimidating because you know he's the coach of Notre Dame, and you're getting this opportunity, you know, one to be in his presence, but two to ask him a question and make it a good question. So. Um, it's it, my, my first time I did it, it was, it was very intimidating. Um, I can remember a game that I asked a question. Was it, was it, was it Zaire or Kaiser? I can't remember which one. I think, I think it was Deshaun Kaiser, um, was the quarterback. And I had made a, a comment about his questionability, whether to, keep running with the football or to, um, to slide. Right. Mm -hmm. So I asked coach that question and he goes, that's a very astute question. And I was like, wow, you know, I mean, Brian Kelly just, you know, made that statement that it was a very astute observation question because he saw the same thing and was going to have to address it. So, that's kind of where you know the you know where I was able where I got comfortable with him, but then there's that moment. You everyone has that one moment. You ask a bad question and you get a bad result, you know. And it, it and it was okay. And it, it happened down at the Camping World Bowl, and and I just rolled with it, you know. And people talked to me about it afterwards, and they said, you know, it wasn't a bad question. He goes, but you but you didn't drop it. You 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 had the follow up ready to go. You didn't get intimidated, and you were able to continue on, which was awesome. They said, so it's a uh, it's a very interesting you know scenario when you're when you're when you're dealing with those you know when you're dealing with Coach Kelly. Because I remember uh, in particular when we hosted Georgia in 2017, I'll never forget who it was. I, I know it was a female reporter, but she was asking him, "Hey, welcome back, buddy." Hey, hey. Is that- 
we had a power outage here for a second. We were having a really bad storm. <clears throat> but hey, so despite the tornado sirens, so you're doing pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah. Auntie M, Uncle Henry. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in Illinois anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but but to finish up, George, what I was saying, um, I just remember that after the, the Georgia Post game in 2017, there was a female reporter, and maybe yeah. it was because she stumbled with her question. I don't know, but well, he was pretty. He was pretty harsh on her. He's like, "Well, we'll, we'll get to the question." So that so that was the year before I was credentialed. I was actually at that game. That was the Georgia red out. I was in the opposing end zone, and across from me was the entire red zone lit up in red, okay, in, in Georgia red. What a disgrace, um, wasn't it? What was that? Wasn't that a disgrace? Oh, that was horrible. I, I, was, I was very disappointed. Um, I, I said I never, ever want to see that again. Uh, that was just that was just horrible. Yeah. But to answer the question... Um, her statement came out of, got right on social media. It wasn't like I had to go back and watch the interview about the question. Um, someone had released the quote as soon as, as soon as it was said from the press conference. And when I, and when I read it, I was like, wow, I was just like, I, I was like, you know, that's very scary. You know, when, when, when that kind of. It, it comes with that kind of an approach, right? Now I don't, I didn't know the person, but it's all about asking a legit question. In my eyes, he's the coach of Notre Dame. Any head coach deserves a good question, and sometimes, like I said, you ask a question and it fails. But I think in 2017, though. Um, from 2017 to tw- the, the 2016, 2017 game, which is, whichever it was, whatever year that was, I think it was 20. Was that 2017? Against Georgia, yeah, that was 2017. 2017, because I started covering them football in 2018. Um, it, it's just, I I've heard some just I, I don't want to say bonehead questions, but a coach doesn't deserve a, certain types of questions. Give him a legit question, and he'll give you a legit answer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, so yeah, that was that was a 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 tough exchange. But Coach Kelly seemed to change, though. I mean, after that season, um, you know, the year that they went to the champion, the the the, the CFP, um, you know, the press was allowed into a few more practices. Um, the team, I, I personally think, went through a transition, um, and I think Kelly was more of a father figure to the to the guys, mm-hmm. um, and seemed to be in in depth with in touch with them a little bit more, and it showed not just only on the field the way they played, but it, it showed in the post game interviews. You know, and and then the, and then the post and, and just on how the conversation exchange went, it, it was a it's a very unified locker room. Yeah. Yeah, and Ben, where so, are you? I'm not seeing you. I'm here. You can't you can't see me. No, I you're not. You you're not on the screen. Well, I can say a little W. Interesting. 
Really, really interesting. Okay, here, hold on. Let me... Oh, wait, maybe that's what it is. Hold on. There you are. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, you're not the only person to say that, George. It, it's... I, I noticed it, too, and then some other blogger brought it up. But it... it, it Something did change, and it, to me, it was for the better with Kelly. Um, he seemed to me had to have a more calm approach to everything. Um, we don't have, as you know, people joke, you know, half jokingly say, you know, purple faced Kelly, um, you know, in that whole, whole uh, game. But yeah, I don't know, and I had heard other like recruits and stuff say, you know, one of the reasons that they kind of went another direction was that they didn't like the relationship that Kelly had with some players. So I think, I don't know who got a hold of him. I don't know who, you know, who he talked to or what, or whatever happened, but whatever did happen to me, it was for the best and it was for the better. And, and I like where we're at now with that relationship. So, to answer part of that question, to part you know, part of answering your question with you, with your statement is, it seems that they and I know they've hired Dr. Selking as as a I think she's a team psychologist or she's a sports psychologist um, for the team, and the approach has gone and I and I and I actually asked this question um, to coach. It was something around you know about about the game and how necessarily is, is it, it's about being physical and mental, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, it's really, it's a game you play in a couple different levels. And when you look at the breakdown, if you have a better mental attitude going into a game, you're one step ahead of your opponent. And that doesn't just start on the field. It, it, it starts in the, in the relationships that you develop with the players off, off, off the field. Mm -hmm. And you get it's easier to get people because I think that's the difference. I think that's what Dabble Sweeney's all about. You yeah. see Dabble Sweeney, you see his guys loving all over, him, right? And there's there's something to say about that elixir, yeah. You know, and so it becomes more than business when you're, you, it's business when you're between the hash marks, right? But it becomes the personal relationship when you're off the field. So at the end of the season, they have they have exit interviews. Okay, mm -hmm. they sit down and they have the exit interviews with the players. They talk about what the future is going to hold. About you know, players are thinking about coming back. Players are thinking about leaving. But part of the, they do this interview process, and something must have come out in those postseason you know discussions about the approach. Because I and I I wrote about this about. When that season ended, about the missing link, I said, "What's the missing link in this program?" And then I wrote at the, I wrote at the middle of that season, "Has the missing link been discovered?" So I was able to close out the one season with the question of, "What's the team missing? Right? What's what's the one piece to bring the team together?" And then you have this transition that happened, and the missing piece you know, emerged into a visit to the CFP. Yeah. So that, that, that was just, that was just, you know, a perspective of, you know, the, the change that can happen in one season. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, and and that's I think something that a lot of people don't really think about and realize is coaches have more of an effect on games than I think people give them credit for. And it's not even just in football. It's in all sports. Because I remember, and I I know you'll hate it. I know you will, George. But there was a year, I mean, there was a couple years, but there was a couple years where, like, the Red Sox were really, really good. I mean, they were really good. And then they get Bobby Valentine in, and the same – same players, you know, they only had a couple of different players change, you know, change teams, and they can't win a game. They can't. And then they get rid of them, and they start winning games again. And it's like, and it heard, because I, I was looking into it, because I'm like, what, what what the heck? You know, what's going on? He was just, attitude-wise, he was just cancer. He, he was. And as soon as they got rid of him, night and day difference, you know? And it's the same with, 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 with Kelly. You know, when you change things up, this is what's going to happen. And, and it's for the better. And Ian Book is drinking the Kool-Aid. And I have not, I am not, and and people can say what they want about Ian Book, whatever, but he's drinking the Kool-Aid. He's doing what the coach is asking him to do. Not only is he do, he's doing what the coach is asking him to do, he's pushing himself further and holding himself just as accountable as he would hold somebody else. That's what you need. You need that accountability factor, not just at, one or two positions, but you need that accountability all the way around. And that's actually a quality that you look for in a leader is somebody who can take that accountability. Cause he puts, yeah. he puts the accountability on him on himself. Uh, he puts the pressure on himself and he expects that same out of his teammates. Yeah. Oh yep. yeah. And, and, and those people that, that do everything and they do stuff that, and they wouldn't ask you to do something that they wouldn't do. Those are the true leaders. We just lost our athletic. I mean, and when I say lost, he retired. We just lost our athletic director, and we have a new one now. This new one that's coming in, he has huge shoes to fill. The guy that we had, he did everything from cutting the grass on the grounds to sweeping the basketball court, John Wooden style. Like everything he asked you to do, he did. He was not one of those guys that I'm above you. I tell you what to do. It was he was right there in the action with you, and that's what you need as a leader. That's what you yep. need. And I had no problem when he asked me to do something in the building. Hey, I need this. Hey, I need that. I had no problem doing something for him because I knew that if he couldn't find me or he couldn't find somebody else, he would go do it. He wouldn't say, "Where the hell were you?" You know. So. But the but you want to talk about the leader, and this, this goes back to Lou Holtz, right? But ben, you and I talked the other day. You know, you have this. I I, I know I've met a, a bunch of the of the players that used to play for him. You know, Lisa's defined it in her books. Okay, everything that you hear about Lou Holtz is that if you were on time for a meeting, right, you're 30 minutes late. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that so, philosophy. <laughs> so, so it's funny because um, I'm watching Chris Zorich on his show, and he's and he started his show 15 minutes late. I'm like, dude, in coach's eyes, you're an hour late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. The, the philosophy is is that now 
what they need is they need the, what the teams need to pick up is get back with those championship teams at. Okay, they worked hard. They dug in the trenches. Let's be honest. The fan base is completely different, and look, the fan base can be brutal. We we've seen how brutal the fan base can be, but the hardest part is is to go out there and perform when you have a bunch of people hating on your coach. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's tough to go out there and perform, and you just got to go do it. And part of part of the life of being the credentialed reporter is going behind the scenes. And the hardest part, hardest thing for me ever was going to the college football playoff post-game, going into the Notre Dame locker room and seeing that raw emotion. Nobody nobody saw that on TV. You, you saw that they were doing their stuff, trying to do their stuff. But the raw emotion of that locker room spoke volumes. They felt like they failed. You know, and you talk about an injury with, I think, Julian Love. Yeah, he left with a concussion. Yeah, he left with a concussion. That, you know, and then the next play, next couple of plays, they came and picked, they came back and picked on his replacement. And, and, and there's your difference in the game. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's the coach getting behind the guys when they're, or whoever, getting these guys, getting them up from when they're down and, just being ready to play. You hear Lou Holtz's guys. <laughs> the, the game was easier than practice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and so, it, it's incredible. So I think if we can get there with the next next generation of players, that's where it's got to be is you got to put all the sweat, blood, and tears into practice, and then the execution is not as difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and it, and it's it's apparent when you see these other big name programs going on the dynasty runs that they go on. I mean, you, you know, you see Alabama. You know, you cannot tell me that there is anybody more hungry than Alabama. Well, Clemson, obviously, right? Clemson. I mean, but like, I mean, where were they? Are never satisfied. They're never satisfied. It's not like you see in other sports where you see a team get really, really good and then they drop off because the guys are satisfied. It's they're not satisfied. You know. Well, what are you talking and, about? What are you talking about? Hungry Ben? These guys have gone up to the buffet table numerous times already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so like you said, you know, with this new generation, you, if we can get back to the way it used to be. We can become very dangerous. We can become very dangerous. We're this close. Yeah, we're, we're knocking yep. on the door. And 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 that's the thing. I mean, we are one step from all of it from being there. I mean, clearly, when you're winning eleven games a season, year in and year out, you're there. You just got to get over that hump. And unfortunately, right now, we we just haven't yet. Well, well, and George, you you had started, you had talked about this or had mentioned this uh, not too long ago, but you talked about our fan base being brutal. And one thing I would never do is I'd never try to badmouth our fan base, but you do have some people that do take it way too far. And here's an example of what I'm talking about, what you're talking about. After the, uh, and I'm bad, I'm going to throw this in there because I know it's going to make you smile, but the Camping World Pineapple Bowl. We had, we had a show where we talked about 
renaming the bowl games. This is the whole thing. <laughs> and I've, I've been on a pineapple kick. But anyway, I digress. Um, after the Camping World Pineapple Bowl, um, I was reading in the in the comment sections on a on a, some a, some Facebook page. I forget what it was, but everybody was complaining like we just lost the game. There there was one guy who who no joke was angry because we didn't score fifty points and because we didn't have five hundred yards of offense. I'm like. Okay, so we had 33 points and 350 yards of offense. What are you complaining about? It's like some people, there's no pleas in them. So can I be honest with you about that game? I was very nervous. Very, yes. very nervous about, about the Iowa, about the, about the Hawkeyes. I mean the Cyclones? Uh, Cyclones, yeah, God. Cyclones. I wish it would have been the Hawkeyes. <laughs> Cyclones. Sitting, sitting in the coach press conference, the dual press conference, um, a couple things happened. One, they put the helmets on the wrong side of the table. So oh. they had the Notre Dame helmet on the home side of the table and the Cyclones on the away side. And I'm a, I'm a guy who believes in all the superstitions. I'll be honest, I have my superstitions. And it's okay because we all right. have them. They, then they switched the helmets around. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> they switch the helmets. I go, this is just this is just the shoe starting to fall. Off. <laughs> yep. Um, but the coach from Iowa State, he was just he was stone faced. He had the look in that press conference, we're coming in and we are going to shock and awe Notre Dame football. We are we are going to win this game. And that was there was a lot of discussion about that in the media pool. There there was a lot of discussion around the pool about you know the way that press conference went. And when I saw the defense, well, I'll I'll put it where it is. When I saw that Claypool had that Claypool had the interception and then he had the recovery um, on the ensuing kickoff. There was a fumble recovery that I think he was on special teams. And he recovered that fumble. Um, that was to me a game changer. They were stunned. They they didn't know. They they didn't see that. Right. And I think that that deflated them. And when they when they knocked the quarterback out late in the game, I I was sitting there. The guy was like, that guy didn't take the beating that he took in that game all season long. Yeah. Yeah. So. You guys have a chip on the shoulder because everyone's – I'm reading this stuff, and I'm down there. And I'm reading this stuff, and, and everyone's just beating on this team. So even even though they won, people were still complaining. So it's a, it's a tough nut. It's, it's a tough nut to be a player on Notre Dame football because win or lose, you're still getting the business. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and, and the so thing is with – do that. It takes a special person to put up to put up with that um, with with that language. Yeah, I mean, what 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 are they supposed to do? Just just not accept the bull bid? No, you'd be foolish not to accept the bull bid. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing is, what people don't realize with that with that Iowa Cyclone or that Iowa State Cyclone team is they were a handful a handful of plays away from being like a 10-11 win team. They could have won. The, they could have won the Big Twelve. And Iowa State as a whole is a giant. I call them a giant killer. 
you know, they every year they have one game they ain't supposed to win. And it's like what you said, George, you get nervous because that season they hadn't had that game yet. And going into that game, I'm like, shit, we're going to play Iowa State. They're going to be mad. They're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to shock the world. And I didn't I didn't want that to happen. I didn't. But, but you go back the last 10 years and you watch Iowa State and you look at their games that they've won, and there's always like one every season where they go and blow out like Oklahoma or something, and you're like, what? what? They're going to be a contender. They're going to be a contender next couple of years. And, and if you – I saw it. They, to me, are close to being running back you. I mean, the numbers, if you start looking at numbers positional-wise and you see running backs and their statistics coming out of Iowa State, it's mind-blowing, like, what they're doing up in Ames. I, I don't know what they're well, doing. David, David Montgomery, he plays for my Bears, so that says a lot. Yeah. And then yeah. and the newest guy on the block, I mean, they were showing his statistics from last season. I was like, holy crap. Yep. So, Well, I can tell you one thing with that game. I was confident we were going to win it because I was in Ireland. So I, I brought the luck of the Irish. I sent, I sent it back home. So you're going to take that high, see? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that had something to do with it. Me being over <laughs> in Ireland. <laughs> but Iowa State traveled for that game. There were a lot of Cyclone fans in that stadium. That is a I was, I was looking thing. around from the press box. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and they were loud. They were loud. I had I had family play for a Big 12 school. And I went to their game against Iowa State. And it was an away game for Iowa State. They were coming to that stadium. And that fan base is crazy. Like, they eat, sleep, and breathe Iowa State football. And I've heard other, like, big-name bloggers and media personalities talk about that and say, you know, they may seem like a small program, but the fans do not treat them like a small program. Oh, no. <laughs> you can you can tell the tie, you can tell what was going on with the game in the beginning where Iowa State was kind of having their way with Notre Dame for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... But once, I'll say once the, the rain passed, um, Notre Dame just lit it up. It was it was just quiet. It, it switched from the press box side of the field to the other side of the field where the noise was coming from. So, Well, I can tell you more adding on to Iowa State, um, where I grew up uh, here, in, uh, here in what's known as the Quad City area, in uh, the Illinois half. They call it the Quad Cities because the Illinois side is Moline and Rock Island, and then across the, the, the river is Davenport and Bettendorf, Iowa. So, yeah, there is a strong Iowa State presence here as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And like I said earlier, I, I wish it would have been the Hawkeyes because... <laughs> A lot of Hawkeye fans, and a lot of them are cocky. <laughs> Very arrogant. But I wasn't trying to take away anything from the point of, of them yeah. traveling. But, but yeah, um, it's true. They do travel well, and they, uh, they, do ha- they do have their presence felt, that's for sure. That's all, that's all Iowa has is the Hawkeyes and Cyclones. I mean, it's all they got. 
So I mean, yeah, their 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 college programs reign supreme up there, man. I mean, those fan bases they travel. Yeah, especially when you have a um, a wife's friend who has kids that go to Iowa State and she's in the marching band. Oh wow! <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna be eating corn if uh, if Notre Dame lost. Oh, <laughs> it's a good thing they won. So, uh, I, 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 won, I won my part of the bet, so. Well, there you go. Now, now, if only we could get him back for basketball that one year in the tournament, I'd love to get that get that win back. But I'll be satisfied on the gridiron for sure. Hey, you got to write the wrong sometime, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm uh, just about all out of questions, George. <laughs> we've had a good show it's been a good show yeah it well, has been, been. Awesome. but it's been awesome but uh one, one thing i can share you share with you and i know this is kind of a, a controversial topic and we try to stay away from that but uh all the stuff with the uh you know the the teams being forced to change their names and all that oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys one thing they better not ever touch that fighting Irish name or the leprechaun mascot. They won't. Cause I got, I just, Very. I just, I just did a video with my friend from over in Ireland who is a, a native Irishman born and raised. And I cannot tell you how much he loves that name. I mean, he grew up over there watching Notre Dame football whenever they would play it. Yeah. So, well. I, I, I personally don't think that they would I don't think they would go and change it um, it's not a derogatory name if you go back and look at the history um, they, the names that they had over the years is kind of interesting I couldn't see us being the, the, the Notre Dame Ramblers you know they used to call them back in the new Rockney days um, I don't see that happening um, I don't see them going back to the Notre Dame Terriers, you know, because of the Irish Terrier. Um, so uh, when, when you look behind the history of the name, it's it, it goes back to a gentleman from the Detroit Free Press making the quote about the Fighting Irish coming back onto the field. Um, that's where they believe was the first time that it came out. Um, that's the second time. The first time was back in the Civil War. Was the was the Irish Brigade? Yeah. Okay. Father Corby was there. Fighting Irish. So, um, not that I'm trying to give a history class. Um, it's good that people but know then, it. But I mean, your most recent your most recent article was all about you know the name. So I mean, it's it's good. Yep. And then the 1927, after the Irish were again fighting with the KKK for like the third or other time in X amount of years. South Bend, yep. Yep. Um, fighting their way, you know, fighting their way back to um, campus. Um, that's when they penned and officially made them the Fighting Irish. So it's nothing derogatory. It's it's, it's a name of pride. Yeah, I'm and right it is. First, and it, it won't, it, it should not be even a topic of discussion. It's 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 people looking to stir the pot where it doesn't need to be stirred. Yeah, I, and and the thing is, when I saw 
I mean, I can't obviously Ben. I can't speak for you. I can only speak for myself. But when I saw that that guy from Slap the Sign put out that article, I mean, I oh, there were there were flames here. There were almost literal oh, flames oh, in oh, this room when I was reading I that. At work, okay. I was at work when I saw that that article, and I was working with one of the more nicer, soft-spoken guys where I work, and. I don't even remember exactly what I said, but I said something. I mean, we were in the middle of doing something, and I was outside one of the rooms we were working in. And I said something to the effect of, you got to be bleeping kidding me. Are you bleeping, you know, bleep, bleep, you know. And he was like, pokes his head out, like, is everything okay? And I'm like, I can't. I can't even, Matt. I can't. I can't even. Like, I was so mad. At that point, I came home. The wife heard all about it. Like, she's like, I wasn't even wanting to know about this. Like, I don't even, like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, so you can speak for me in that situation. I was I was pretty pissed. <laughs> Let's just say that. As I told Ben the other night that, you know, this that was a story that poked the beard. That's the, that's the story that awoke the beard. And... Like like you did, Ben. I told my wife, I'm like, I can't believe this piece of <laughs> yeah is writing this article, and it's not even factual. Oh yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing. to write in facts, not like the fake news that's being reported today on on national events. Yeah, we're held to a standard. Yeah, it's it's like. Cancer culture trying to strike anywhere it can. I understand your First Amendment right to freedom of speech, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to take that away from anybody. No. But but you also got to talk in facts and understand how they got their name and, instead of an opinion-based rant. Right. Well, all I can say is that that guy, I mean, maybe it's maybe he was just trying to get attention. I don't know, but... He definitely got it because I think it, it made it made what Fox it made the Daily Caller it made CNN several talked a little bit too several I mean, outlets. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the junk that came back from across the pond from these two other articles that I wrote that I wrote that I read. I'm like, first of all, when you lead when you lead into the article and say that it was fascinating, I'm like, what? I'm sitting there like, what's fascinating? About same one but i a buddy of mine sent me a a post from overseas today as well i don't know if it, i think this was from the irish post i think yes okay yes. That, interesting fact that's not even in ireland that's in uh, london england see i looked at i looked into them. and 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 okay if we're going to talk about that do we remember the history between england and ireland i mean are we like so 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 Sean do you have that do you have that article up in front of you I can get it 
I don't have the I don't have the, the facts on the name from the Notre Dame webpage, but they were saying it was he commented in his article saying, Well, it was actually started by so and so from Ireland. And I'm like, you don't even know the history. I mean, he's mentioned in the story about the name, but he was some guy that came out of prison or something. Yeah. And it was come on coming over here to promote the fighting Irish. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, stop. It, di- it didn't start with that guy from Ireland. It started with the, the guy from the Detroit Free Press, before that the Civil War, the Irish the Irish Brigade, and then with the with the with the with the Irish fight the Irish students standing up to the KKK. Yeah. It's Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it is a situation where and this is something that I've talked to multiple people about and voiced this opinion. Not enough people look into things before they make a comment, a decision, or whatever. I saw one the other week. I try to stay away from controversial topics on the show. I try to. There was one where um, it was uh, Malcolm Jenkins of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles you know, um, said X, Y, and Z about the Jewish population. And the way that the headline of the article was written made you think one thing. And then people were commenting just, and I know that they were commenting, they were commenting just on the title. They didn't go actually read the article. And then when you actually read the article, it's, no, 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 Malcolm Jenkins said this, 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 And then it's not that Malcolm Jenkins is anti-Semitic. It's Malcolm Jenkins makes an interesting point. Nobody read everything. Nobody got the whole story first. Everybody had to make a decision before they had all the facts. And and, and and it happens a lot because the, the article that I posted about that whole little incident, right, somebody had responded with a comment that it all started with the KKK, right? Mm. I'm like, it's obviously that someone didn't read the article because they would have said, I agree with your point of what you're saying here instead of taking an excerpt from what they knew and putting it as a comment. And that's the danger, and that's the danger of headline surfing and making a comment. Yes. You've got to go in and read it to get what you want out of it. Yes, I do. Because there's so many articles, something I read today, that had nothing to do with what was on the inside of the article. I'm not going to mention it because it's not my favorite topic and it's not sports. But someone can read a headline and think that someone's made a decision in that headline. Mm -hmm. But when you go in and read the story, it's clickbait. They've, they've, They've got you. Yep. They 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 hooked you based upon the title, and you got to go into the content then to find out. Whoa, that's not what he's trying to say in the title. Right. It's, it's a miss. It, it's a catch a title to get you to go in and then find out. Oh no, it's not a, at all related to what the what the what the, what the whole title was about. Yep. And George, I have that I have that story from the Irish Post up. And uh, what what was it that you wanted me to be looking for in here? They were, they were talking about some guy who had come over from Ireland, and it was him coming over to endorse the name The Fighting Irish, where it had all started. Okay, let's see here. 
I'll make you pronounce the guy's last name, by the way. Have fun with that. Okay. First, let's see. First, it says here in regards to the logo, first created by a designer called Ted Drake back in 1964, the logo and mascot has played a major part in establishing out the popular university team's uniquely Irish identity among Irish Americans. However, reflecting on the the depiction of the leprechaun with fist rays, hat askew, and chin curtain beard, Hannigan says it is near enough a replica of the Simeon-featured uh, caricatures deployed by Punch Magazine when mocking the Irish throughout the 19th century. Um, I'm looking for that guy's name. I'm not seeing it yet. It may have been the Daily Post. If not that, if not that one, it was the Daily Times or something. Okay. But they, were, they were trying to say it was about a guy coming over here and basically endorsing the name was where it all started. They okay. mentioned that in, in the history of, of the activities, but the Fighting Irish, the, the nickname had already been spoken before that guy came over to endorse it. Right. And it, it, in the end, it wasn't his endorsement that got him the name. It was Father, it was, I think it was Father Leary um, that, that, you know, officially made the, uh, the, the mascot, you know, the, the name, nickname Fighting Irish with the, with the, uh, with the leprechaun. Well, all I know is that that article that I just had up, um, the Irish Post, which is an Irish publication out of London, England, um, I'm not going to take them serious. And you can't respond. You can't respond back because you got to be able. You got to subscribe through an email to put a comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Once again. Well, that, what I, I'll just do what I'll just do what I do best. I expose them. Yeah, that's all you can do. <laughs> But it's just. Only yeah. thing, I, only thing if, if anyone listening to this, stop posting the old article. Don't have to go back and keep beating the horse. No. Because all, you know, all they're doing is giving the exposure that they're looking for. Yeah. And if if you and, and I'm not trying to toot my horn, but looking for the right story, look for the story of the history of the name, not about the guy that's looking yeah. to, to take the name down. Hey, yeah. You can report all you want on our show. Okay, that's I mean that's another perk for being on our show. You can say X, Y, and Z about your stuff. Um, yeah, it's Sean and I know it pretty well. When we get hate, you know, both of us have gotten hate about everything you can imagine. I mean, and I doing YouTube before we started doing actually the show together. I the things that people say in regards to things that I put up is insane. It really is. And I can honestly tell you what they are looking for is animosity, anger, and you coming at them. And if you take A, the high road, or B, you just ignore them completely, they go away. I mean, they really do. I I have hit people with, you know, I really appreciate you taking time to comment on my stuff in your day. What do you say to that? If you're like, you can't, there's, there's nothing you can say. So instead of F you, I hate you. You're stupid. Why'd you comment on my video? You know, all that, which they want. Mm-hmm. And that article, they want that, you know, so whatever. Smother them with kindness. That's all you can do is smother them with kindness. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, unless, unless they, unless they uh, cover you with uh, hate from the start, then 
you almost don't really have a choice. Unless they give you a code red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a different story. Well, I've had, I've definitely had my fair share of interesting hate over the years. I mean, I was telling you at the start of the episode, I pissed off Michigan State Board. That was probably the biggest one. But another interesting one, and this is going to sound strange, but I'm telling you the truth. Jim Seymour, great Notre Dame wide receiver from the 60s. I had his grandson threaten to beat me up. That's that's pretty good. I'm I, I know, right? I, and I, I don't know what his beef was. I mean, my see, on my YouTube channel, for the most part until recently, it was just previewing and recapping games during the season. I'd come out with a little preview video of what I thought was going to happen, then talk about it after the game was over. This was Nevada, the, the Nevada preview for 2016. I don't know what I I don't know what I said in this, but um, Mr. Uh, well, his he's from uh, the maternal side of the family, uh, Jim Jim Seymour's wife. He he just shows up and calls me uh, an obscene name, and I'm like, all I did was I previewed the game. What did I say? Right, like I think you were lost. <laughs> like yeah, I. Interesting. So yeah, he's like, so it got it got. Long story short, it got heated, and he's like, oh well, well I'm at I'm at this tailgate section, lot number or whatever. You can come meet me anytime. Ha 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 ha. Cause I, I but after I think what pissed him off though is he didn't like it that I found pictures of him, so I showed it showed everyone what everyone what he looks like. Oh. <laughs> Well, if if the if the moron's gonna be stupid enough to t- attack me with his real name, he deserves whatever he gets. Uh, it, it it takes all kinds, I guess. You know, it's it's it, from from all that stuff. Though I will tell you, there's good writing material that comes out of it. And this yeah. last this last episode is just another example of how do I get back into it? It gives you good writing material to to kind of respond back with. So. Well, I, I hope you have good things to say about your experience on here and uh, that we uh, definitely gave you a lot to talk about. Oh, no, this this by far was, I would say I've done a couple other interviews. Um, I've interviewed twice with another with another universal blog on sports. Okay. Um, this one by far was probably the, the best. This was, it's like I know you guys. It's like we've known each other forever. We've, we've settled into that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I we we literally just got in contact a couple of days ago. That's no joke, people. Well, we try to take it pretty pretty easy around here. I mean, it's yeah, I I say it's like an around the water cooler show. You know, we we don't, you know. But that's it. what you want out of sports, huh? That's what you want out of sports. Though. Yeah, of course. I want to enjoy. You want, you want to be a conversation. It takes you out of the moment. It takes you out of politics, and it puts you in the moment of of what you like and what and and what you like to do and talk about. It's a good escape. It's a very good escape, absolutely. And I think that's what we've been lacking the last four months is we don't have the escapes that we normally had and that's part of the problem. Well it's we, we, we need we need to get it back. We need yep. we, we need we to we need to figure it out. Yep. Exactly. Stronger heads need to prevail. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%, George. You couldn't have coined it any better. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm pretty much all out of questions. Uh, ben, do you have anything else you want to add? 
I got nothing. It's been awesome, and we've hit everything we could hit. Yeah, and George, we hope you enjoyed your time here with us, and uh, I just hope we made you feel uh, as comfortable as possible because that's what we like to try to do with all our guests. Well, when I um, when I get my situation straightened out here, um, I'm actually going to be starting a podcast myself like you guys are doing. Um, so I'm definitely going to have you guys on um, on the show, and you guys can let Sean, we'll let Sean to, well, Sean, why don't you take us out with how your your path and my path crossed inadvertently, inadvertently a couple of years ago. What? I mean, Ben, Ben. Ben, how, how our path I was like, I'm so, I was like, what are you talking about? I This is news to me. <laughs> when I first, when I, other than like me making my YouTube videos, I, I did, you know, the whole, like what Sean did, the whole preview recap thing. Um, and I dabbled with a couple other sports teams. I got involved in some other stuff, and I made some good relationships and all that. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I started another YouTube channel. And as I told George when we were talking about this the other day, I did – I mean, I looked everywhere. I looked everywhere. I tried – I did search quarries, every, everything you can imagine. Didn't find the same name. So then I make my channel. And I named my channel oh, Shakedown the Thunder Productions because I wanted to do strictly Notre Dame videos. I wanted to, you know, that was my thing. I had seen, and this was my this was my reasoning. Okay, I've seen an all Penn State uh, YouTube channel. I'd seen Alabama. I'd seen South Carolina. I'd seen Clemson. I'd seen like Ohio State. All these big name schools, and I'm like, Notre Dame doesn't really have some schmuck like myself doing highlight videos for them, you know, other than the actual university. So I wanted to do hype videos. So then I did my youth. I, I, I went big. I hit the big game between Notre Dame and Michigan. Didn't think anything was going to happen. You know, I, I put it out there. I, you know, put it on a couple blogs, all that. Boom, explodes, right? Then, I don't know how... I found it, but I was on Twitter or something, and I saw your stuff, George, and I saw Shake Down the Thunder, and I'm like, shit, like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I did all this work, like, all this research to make sure that I wouldn't be stepping on anybody else's toes, I wouldn't be taking anybody else's thunder, and lo and behold, I'm the same name as George's blog, and I'm like, great, this is great. So he's got Shake Down the Thunder Productions, and I had Shake Down the Thunder Sports. And my reaction to my wife is, look at this. I can't believe this guy. What the hell is he doing? <laughs> you know, because everyone's so, so you know, you know, tiptoey not to, you know, step on anyone's toes. And and then I was like, and, and I never said anything. I never said anything to Ben. No, he I, didn't. I, I, I never made a big deal of it. I was just... It, he's doing one avenue of this, and it's totally there. And then there was my stuff. Yeah. And it was just weird that we had that connection. Yeah. Before these last two weeks, that we didn't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the silver lining was that I eventually moved, quote unquote, on from that name, and I kind of got and I got rid of it. And I didn't get rid of it 
for that reason, but I just got rid of it. I moved on. I did a stint with uh, Dose Leprechauns. Yep. Uh, a lot of people know them. Um, where I did videos for them, and I got and part of the agreement when I joined them, and you know, George and I have talked about this, um, was that I got rid of my stuff, and I did, and it was fine and whatever, and then I moved on, and now I'm here, you know. So now it's just shake down the thunder sports. Um, so so yeah, it, it, it's funny, and it and it's it's like you said in our talk, it, it's funny how things like that happen and bring us together. Yep. Yep. You jerk, you jerk, Ben. It's all over Notre Dame. You jerk, Ben. How dare you steal his stuff? How dare you steal my thunder? (laughs) 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 And I, I, and honestly, I I felt terrible. And and I even told myself, I'm like, okay, if this guy, because I looked at your dates, I looked at, you know, when everything started and all that. And that's been the thing with me. I'm like, okay, if he says that he wants me to take my stuff down, to stop it completely. Okay, he has a legit thing. His is before mine. He can legit say, that's his name. He started it first. I get it. And I would have. If you had asked, I would have totally taken it down. But, yeah, and he never did. And I kept telling myself, if he does, if he does, if he does, you know. And I had another name picked out. I had another name. I'm like, I'll go with the name. I'll change the name. I'll re-edit the video. I can fix it, whatever. And he didn't. You know, but I, yeah, so it's just Where, funny looking back on it. It really is. It really, it really is fun. That's just the way that I roll. You know what I'm saying? What There's bigger fish to fry in this world. Yeah. There really is. So it's just awesome how, how we met Ben and how that Notre Dame just has this way of bringing different people together. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's in all the relationships that I've made through the media, through people I've met at games. It, it's just awesome. It's it, it humbles you. It really does. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that because had I not stumbled onto YouTube and started an account you know, 11 years ago, never would have met Ben. George never would have met you. Never would have met a, a lot of people. I mean, my, yep. my, buddy, my buddy that I mentioned over in Ireland that I was seeing during uh, Christmas and New Year's would never would have known him. So it is, it is a very humbling experience when, you know, you think it's because I got on here and talked about this university that I'm now talking to all these people, and it never would have been the case if I didn't. Yep. 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 So. Yep. And it's something that brings you joy, so it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I wouldn't change it for anything. So, yep. all right, guys. Well, uh. On that note, I think, uh, George, I think that's all we have for you. That was like the third time we've tried to call it (laughs) quits. Like the third time we've tried to call it quits, but we get talking about something else. But yeah, but yeah, thank you uh, so much for taking the time to be here with us. And, uh, you know, we we couldn't be any more grateful for it. It was a pleasure. And uh, like I said, I'll get you guys on my show and we got to figure out a way how to um, how to interact more often with um, different content that I have access to that I can help you guys with. Yeah, sounds mm-hmm. good. We'll, we'll definitely be in, in talks for that and uh, f- try to figure out something. Where there's a will, there's a way, man. Mm-hmm. And the answer is always no until you ask. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's what I told Sean a couple times. Oh. So, can George, I tell us where we can find you at, wherever, where everybody else viewing this video can find your stuff at? Sure. Um... 
It's very simple. Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, Shakedown the Thunder Sports. It's 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 all out there, and um, also on YouTube. Um, I actually started using YouTube a lot last year. Um, on my YouTube page, you can find all my pregame videos, um, all the flyovers, um, the postgame um, alma mater. Um, I have I have almost I have almost all that stuff up there. So, um, if you want to go back and see a flyover from the opening game, it's there. If you want to see the alma mater from a specific game, the coverage that you don't get on that uh, Peacock station. Um, I, I have the video up there right after the game. So awesome. it's all right. something, that pe- something that people look for. So, but guys, thank you so much for having me on. And, um, as we always like to say, go Irish. Darn right. God bless. Go Irish, everyone. I'm Mendy Sean 45. Ben, aren't you going to say your name to close out? I, all right. I am Irish Vengeance seven. <laughs> On that note, we are the two Irish brothers. Raw can be. Hey, yeah, we're, we keep it raw in here. We keep it raw. So on that note, everyone, we are the two Irish brothers. God bless and go Irish. Go Irish.